0: What up, Sam? It's the tale of the tins. The fuck life. Sam? All right, so season two, episode 32. We're still going strong with the windows open in November here. It's been an amazing fall. So let's see how long I can keep these windows open for before I turn into an icicle. <laughs> on today's episode of Tale of the Tapes, we have Mystical and DeBrat So allow me to speak on a bit of my history, opinions, and personal experience with these two artists. Um Mystical, surprisingly enough, I had at least one, maybe more of his albums growing up as I was super into the No Limit movement at that point in time, and I had a lot of Master P albums, Silk the Shocker, TRU, Mystical, etc. I used to love those cool plastic colored CD cases they had and shit, so cool memories with all that. But as far as him being good and what I expected in this study, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't too high for Mystical. I never really thought he was necessarily good. Just enjoyed like their sound and their movement. And as far as The Brat, I was never really particularly into her. Um, I'm not a big fan of female rappers in general. And that's nothing to do against girls. Because some of them are definitely dope. And I love women in their own right, obviously. But just certain things, I'm not really into seeing them do. It's just my own personal taste. And rapping happens to be one of them. But I do remember hearing The Brat on the radio plenty. And I know she was with JD and So So Def and stuff like that, so she certainly had hits. But I didn't expect too too much from her here either. So let's see if I was on point with either of my assumptions. We're gonna start off with Mystical. Both of these artists on today's episode were out in the calendar year of 1994, but Mystical was out first, so we're gonna start with him. His birth name is Michael Lawrence Tyler. Born September 22nd, 1970 in New Orleans, Louisiana, United States. His genres listed as hip-hop. And his years active are listed as 1992 to 2004 and 2010 to present. So let me read a bit of a background on Mystical here for you. Michael Lawrence Tyler, born September 22nd, 1970, better known by his stage name Mystical, is an American rapper and actor from New Orleans, Louisiana. Michael's family moved to New Orleans when he was young. His father, who ran a small neighborhood store, died when Michael was seven. He attended Cohen High School and afterward joined the United States Army as a combat engineer. As an aspiring rapper, he opened for Run DMC and Dougie Fresh at an outdoor concert at the Treme Center. Leroy Precise Edwards, the house producer for Big Boy Records, was in the audience and granted him a contract. So, not too much there for Mystical, especially musically speaking. Most of what you see on him is more about his personal life, and to be honest with you, I had to dig a little bit deeper than normal to even find that much, but definitely an interesting thing with him being in the army and then, you know, seeing how he kind of got his start. I mean, I'm just speaking from my personal opinion and my personal experience from the outside looking in before I got up to Mystical. If you would have asked me how Mystical got his foot in the door, I would have never given you any type of answer that had anything to do with Run DMC or Dougie Fresh. I would have never associated either of those people with Mystical at all. So it's interesting to hear that for sure. But like I said, not really too much there, especially musically. So let's hop right into my synopsis of Mystical. I can't say I'm quite exactly sure why or how, but I know I definitely had at least one Mystical album growing up. I was surprised by how many decent lines Mystical actually had, but he was inconsistent with his bars and also had a lot of weak ones. He was great at keeping a topic throughout a song, but he struggled with hooks and recycled a tremendous amount of lines considering the size of his body at work. He was actually a pretty good storyteller, but just didn't rhyme at times and finish below average lyrically. All five of Mystical's albums were borderline good slash average. Of his 86 qualifying songs, none were great, but 5 were weak, while another 7 were good songs. Mystical wasn't exactly a one-hit wonder, but aside from influences on Ja Rule and the locks, his impact wasn't big. He was, however, very original with his sound and delivery, and certainly had some super original song ideas. So let's get into the math on Mystical here. Lyrics he gets a 4. Like I spoke about, I'm not gonna lie, man, quite frankly... I was pretty surprised by a couple of things with Mystical. Again, like I said about the Run DMC and the Dougie Fresh thing, I would have never associated Mystical with either of those two artists, ever, for sure. And again, I want to reiterate, I wasn't a giant Mystical fan. I didn't have all of Mystical's albums. Not that there were that many of them, but I didn't have all of his albums. He wasn't somebody who I rushed out to get their shit or anything like that. But like I said, I just fucked with No Limit at that point, so... I kind of blindly just bought whatever No Limit put out and some of it I liked, some of it I didn't. Um, it was almost like a collection of sorts where I just kind of collected, you know, No Limit shit. I, I really think I just liked the, the fucking CD cases in it. It just turned me on to that movement and Mystical had such a, a, an original and unique sound. But my point in saying all that is that I would have never associated Mystical with Run DMC or Dougie Fresh. I would have never thought at all that Mystical was a good storyteller and he was and again I was surprised by how many good lines Mystical actually had he definitely had some dope lines but unfortunately it was outweighed by other times where he just didn't rhyme or he had a a flat out a weak line or a bad line or something like that so there was a little bit more bad than good lyrically for Mystical But again, I was surprised by how good of a storyteller he was and how many decent lines he actually had. Albums, he gets a 3.43 with zero classics. Songs, he gets a minus 0.58. So he loses just between a half a point and two thirds of a point, which it's nothing too major, but you know, you could be gaining points, you're losing points. Um, And like we spoke about, that came from Mystical, only 86 songs. That's not a really small amount, but it's certainly not a large amount. Um, None of those 86 were were great songs, but he did have five weak songs in there. So that came out to a percentage of 5.8, which as we spoke about in the intro and probably a couple other times, you slide the decimal point one spot over to the left, and that gives you a score of minus 0.58. Impact, he gets a four and a half you know this is one of those things again i've spoke about this especially recently you're probably going to see a lot of these guys right in this area right here getting a lot of four and a half for impact because we're seeing a lot of very similar things we're seeing guys that they they had some success it's not that they didn't have any success they had some success but it was never sustainable we could see it mystical's years active 92 to 2004 then not active at all from 04 to 2010, and then active again from 2010 to present. I don't think he's had anything out recently off the top of my head. I could be wrong about that, but I don't think he's had anything too, too recently. So he's not super active, but I guess, you know, not officially out of the game or officially retired or anything like that. Um, you know, he did have some singles that were pretty big, you know, shake your ass, watch yourself. He had a couple of of joints and shit, so you can't really call him a one-hit wonder, but you know, like I said, never really able to sustain that success, but it was there, so just below average score of 4.5 there for Mystical, and then originality, he gets an 8.5, that's a solid score, obviously, I mean, Mystical's one of those dudes where as soon as Mystical comes on the track, probably before Mystical even starts rapping his verse, You just hear him yell some shit in the background. It's like Little John or somebody else like that where you just know immediately, okay, that's Mystical. And if you don't know before he starts rapping, you will know when he starts rapping. Nobody else sounds like Mystical. Nobody else raps like Mystical. And on top of that, he definitely had some original song ideas. So when it came to originality, aside from... Him kind of being typical down South in a certain fashion, not really in his sound or his voice or things like that, but just in in other areas, there were certain things about him that were not extremely original. It's not to say that they were unoriginal, but, you know, it didn't carry him to a nine and a half or a 10 or anything like that, but... Certainly a very unique and original character here, and he gets a solid score of eight and a half for originality. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and it gives you a final rating of 3.97 which leaves mystical in 133rd place of hundred and eighty-one artists done overall. So not a strong finish there for mystical right around the bottom quarter and I mean I'm not trying to be harsh, but let's just be realistic about the scenario. I don't think anyone has Mystical as a top lyricist or even a top rapper for that matter. Mystical is a guy who brought something unique to the game and seemed to kind of be in it as a job, so to speak. It never seemed to me that Mystical was focused on slaughtering tracks lyrically or being the nicest on the mic, but, you know, he did his thing regardless, so shoutouts to Mystical man for sure. Now, moving on to the Brat, who, like I spoke about earlier, also had her debut album out in 1994. Born Shantae Harris, April 14th, 1974, in Chicago, Illinois, United States. Her years active are listed as 1992 to present, and her genres are listed as hip-hop. So let's read up on a bit of a background here on the Brat. Shantae Harris, born April 14, 1974, better known by her stage name The Brat, is an American rapper. Born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, she began her career in nineteen ninety-two, the year she signed with Soso So Deaf Records. Her debut album, Functified, in 1994, sold 1 million copies, making her the first female solo rap act to receive a platinum certification and the second overall female rap act, solo or group, after Salt-N-Pepa. The Brat has received two Grammy Award nominations. She has achieved two top ten hits on the Billboard's Hot 100, "Funkified" and Not Tonight, the latter with Little Kim, Lisa Lopez, Missy Elliott, and Angie Martinez. The Brat has also had commercial success with other songs including I Think They Like Me and a remix of Mariah Carey's Loverboy. So that background kind of highlights what I spoke about in the beginning of the episode when I spoke about my personal experience with The Brat saying that I knew she was with So So Deaf and heard her on the radio plenty and knew she had some hits and stuff like that. So, there we see Grammy nominations, hit singles, a platinum certification, etc. So, I, I don't want to take anything away from the Brat. The Brat was successful in her own right. Nothing too, too ridiculous. I mean, a platinum record is absolutely awesome. That's certainly amazing. But. You know, only the one. It's not like she had 10 platinum records. Uh, It's not like she sold the most albums of all time or anything like that. But she did set some records for a female rap artist. So that obviously has to be taken into consideration. She did have some hits and some commercial success and things like that. So you do have to look at both sides of the coin there for sure. So now with that out of the way, let's get into my breakdown of The Brat. The Brat was another one who was a whole lot of average. She was decent at keeping a topic, but mostly spoke about the same nothings in every song and didn't have much substance in her music. While she did have some shining moments with certain lines, verses, or songs, mostly it was too far and few and she finished average lyrically overall. The Brat's body of work was pretty small, only qualifying four albums in a 22-year span. Three of those albums were good, and the other one was average. Almost all of her songs, aside from six good ones, were average as well. Her impact on the hip-hop game was also mediocre overall, but she did have influences on artists such as Foxy Brown, LL Cool J, Wyclef Jean, AZ, Biggie, and others. Nothing was overly original about the Brat at all, from her content to her message and image. If anything, you could point to her delivery, but she also did take a lot of sayings from other artists. So let's break down the math here on Debrat. Brat. Lyrics she gets a 5, like I spoke about, just... A lot of average things here from The Brat. And that's not to say that she didn't do anything above average. It's just that she wasn't able to consistently stay above average. There were dips above average. There were dips below average. Stuff like that. So that averaged out to a 5 lyrically overall. Albums, she gets a 3.71 with zero classics. So a little bit better of a score there in both departments for The Brat than there was for Mystical. Songs, she gets a 0 which is, again, better than Mysticals. Mystical had a minus 0.58. The Brat gets a zero. No great songs, no weak songs. Again, speaking about how a lot about the Brat was just average. Impact, she gets a five. Again, another average score. This one is is close to a five and a half. And, and to be quite honest with you, if she were to get a five and a half, which I wouldn't argue with anybody that wanted to give her that, it would almost solely be based on the fact that she was the first female solo rap act to receive a platinum certification because there are definitely other things like her only having four albums in a 22 year span and things like that, that kind of pull her, you know, maybe a little bit more towards the below average and the impact score and it's not that there wasn't any artist influence, but not a whole lot of artist influence. Again, we have to remember we're talking about 22 years here. So only five, six, seven artist influence in a 22 year span here. Again, both sides of the coin have to be taken into consideration. I wouldn't argue with anybody that wanted to give her a a 5.5. If she came out with another album and had any type of success on it, that's not to say it had to go platinum or anything like that, but if she could create any type of buzz with some sort of new album or anything like that, I would probably change that impact score to a a 5.5. Because it is close to it, but I didn't think there was really enough there... To really officially carry her above average. I thought there were some things that were above average. And there were some things that were a little below average. And again it's another one of those things. Where she evens out as average overall. Originality she gets a a 4.5. Which is just below average. So literally almost an average score. In every single department here. I mean the average score for an album. Would be 3.3. Because that's a third of 10. So You know She gets a 5, which is right smack in the middle, 3.71, which is just above 3.30, 0, which is right smack in the middle, 5, which is right smack in the middle, and then 4.5, which is just below average. And just speaking on the 4.5, again, it was just a combination of a couple of things. Yes, her voice and delivery were pretty unique, but then there were other things that kind of weighed that down a bit where... You know her message, her image, her her song content, um, the fact that she took a lot of other sayings from a lot of other artists and stuff like that. Again, that's not going to drive her score down to a two or a three or anything like that, but just below average. She gets a four and a half for originality. There just wasn't enough there to carry her to average or above. Um, you add all those five numbers up, and you divide by five, and you get a final rating of three point six four leaving the Brat in 115th place of 181 artists done overall. So, again, not a great finish there for the Brat, although it was higher than Mystical, and this is yet another example of something we've been seeing a lot of these past couple of weeks. In 1994, we have another artist who scores with mostly average scores completely across the board, And instead of fitting somewhere in the middle comfortably, the competition has gotten so strong that it lands her in the bottom third overall. Nonetheless, man, the brat was definitely not bad by any means. It had a ton of success. So shout outs to her for sure. And now let's get into our lists. So as you know, for the remainder of this year, 1994, we're going to stick with our top 15% overall. So let's get into that one first. In our top spot, we have Nas in 5th place of 181 artists done overall. Behind him, we have Black Thought of The Roots, who's in 9th. Behind him in a 3-way tie for 10th place is Tupac. Behind Tupac, we have Pharrell Manch, who's tied for 14th. Then behind him in 17th place, we have KRS-One. Behind KRS is Jizza, who's in 21st place couple of slots back from Jizzit in 23rd is Slick Rick, and a couple of slots back from Slick Rick is Rockim, who's in 25th place. Directly behind Rakim in 26th is Redman, and directly behind Redman is Common, who's in 27th place. A couple of slots behind Common in 29th is MF Doom, and a couple of slots behind MF Doom is Rev Run of Run DMC, who's in 31st place. Directly behind Rev Run in 32nd is LL Cool J, and a couple of slots behind LL is Will Smith who's in 34th place. Directly behind Will Smith in 35th place is Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, and directly behind him is Lazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony who's in 36th place. Directly behind Lazy and a tie for 37th place is Sticky Fingers of Onyx. And a couple of slots back from Sticky, we have a tie between DMC of Run DMC and Ice Cube of NWA, who are both tied for 39th place of 181 artists done overall. So, no changes whatsoever to this list at all today, so moving right along to our current top 10% lyrically, and surprise, surprise, there are no changes in this list today either. So tied for our top spot lyrically, we have Pharaoh Manch, Black Thought of the Roots, and Nas, who all got lyrical scores of eight and a half. Behind them, we have another three-way tie for fourth place between Master Ace, Jizza, and Common, who all got lyrical scores of seven and a half. Behind them, in a tie for seventh place, is KRS-One and Lord Finesse, both with lyrical scores of seven. And then in an eight-way tie for ninth place, we have Will Smith, Him, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers of Onyx, and Lazy Bone of Bone thugs and harmony all with lyrical scores of six and a half. So, obviously, shout-outs to everybody in that top lyrical list, man, for sure. Those are your heavy bar spitters. Those are the dudes with the real lyrical skills, which... I personally deem to be very, very important to me. So again, big shout out to those guys for sure. Now let's get into our particular decades list, starting with our top five rappers to make their debut in the 1980s. Your top five rappers of the 80s are KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LL Cool J. Same legends hanging strong there, remember those names, people. Now, on to our top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far, and there are no changes to this list today either. So in our top spot, we have Nas, then Black Thought of the Roots, Tupac, Pharrell, Manch, and Jizza. So, third week in a row now that no one has cracked this top five of the 90s list, which, like I said, this is starting to shape up to be seemingly one of the hardest lists to crack. When we first started our season two session, the 90s, the top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far was one of the easiest lists to crack. All you had to do was be in the top half and you were automatically on there. Now, ironically enough, it's shaping up to be one of the hardest lists to crack. I don't know if this remains one of the hardest lists to crack going forward, but so far it definitely has been. Now let's get into our new list that we started this season of our top three artists from each region of the country. And there are no changes to this list today either. So we'll start off on our East Coast. Our top rapper to come out of the East Coast so far is Nas from Queens, New York. Behind him we have Black Thought of the Roots from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And behind him we have Pharaoh Manch from Queens, New York. Moving across the country to our West Coast. Our top artist to come out of the West Coast so far is Tupac from Marin County, California. Behind him, we have Ice Cube of N.W.A. from Los Angeles, California. And behind him, Everlast, also of Los Angeles, California. So, all California on our top West Coast rappers so far. Moving down south, your top artist to come out of the dirty south is Andre 3000 of OutKast from Atlanta, Georgia. Behind him, Big Boy of OutKast, also from Atlanta, Georgia. And behind them, Scarface of the Ghetto Boys from Houston, Texas. So, two out of three people from the South from Outkast, the two top people. And the two top people from the South also from Atlanta, Georgia. So, big things there for Outkast in Atlanta for sure. Let's see if those guys can hang on to that. Moving over to our Midwest. Our top artist to come out of the Midwest is Common from Chicago, Illinois. Behind him we have Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony from Cleveland, Ohio. And behind him, Lazy Bone, also of Bone Thugs and Harmony, and also from Cleveland, Ohio. So not the top two spots, but the next two spots, both Bone Thugs and Harmony members, and both Cleveland, Ohio members. So seeing some trends here in these geographical lists, and we'll see how long, you know, everybody's able to hang on to that. Obviously, this is probably going to get more diversified as time goes on but maybe not we'll have to stay patient and see so another weekend now where neither of these artists able to crack any of these lists today so we'll have to see how long this drought continues on for but I predict when it stops we could be in for a real treat. if you'd like to see any of these lists in full you can go and give the Facebook website a visit at slash tell of the tapes podcast. That's where you'll see all the information in writing for you to just look at. Um, You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash taleofthetapes. Both of those links spell completely normally on the host site. You'll see all the links to all the platforms where a podcast is hosted. You'll also see a support button. Really would appreciate anybody that could hit that for me. And that does it for episode 32, man. Next week... We got Big Mike and Coolio. I know I was personally intrigued to do Coolio as everyone knows of him, but most don't know much about him. So tune in next week to see how these two fair. Tale of the Tapes. Peace. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well. Better